We're back with season two. Hooray! Yes, sir. It's the start of all the off season. This is where we shine. And by uh, shine, yeah. I mean talk endless amounts of crap. <laughs> talk endless amounts of shit about teams who are rebuilding. Or hey, just... this is where this is our job. Or yeah. our, our hobby. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, it's it's a hobby uh, with like 14,000 trades happening today. Oh yes, yeah, so much happened. I missed I missed all of it because I was I was working and I just go. I go to look and I had like a hundred notifications and like 15 of them were from the NHL. I was like, oh. It's like, oh, nice. it's the day before the draft. Let's have yeah. everything fall apart. I thought the draft's not till July 1st. Uh, no, that's when a uh, free agency starts. Oh. Yeah. Because the draft is tomorrow. And for those okay. of you guys who don't know, um, the few days before the draft are like the busiest days in hockey other than like the trade deadline or when free agency starts up for stuff like this because yeah like before um the draft like a lot of the times for players draft picks are involved so you got to trade those picks before the draft happens because a lot of teams that stocked up on picks at the trade deadline who want to make a move they got to make them before tomorrow because when tomorrow comes you can't use those picks anymore well, oh. you can. You'll you'll just oh, yeah. have uh, selected a player instead of uh trying to just send a, a pick for a player. Just be a trade of a player, yeah, yeah. So the drafts tomorrow. Um, so far, uh, not much news has come about. Like in terms of ranking players, like we all know who's going number one. We've known this for like three years now. So it, it's it's Connor Bedard. We all know this. It's been yeah. It's just a matter of when. It's been a while. For those of you guys who don't know who Connor Bedard is, he is a highly touted prospect. People are comparing him to Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. Um, he is a very gifted goal scorer. Um, he also has the speed to go along with it. Um, really just McDavid archetype player. Um now, granted, like before he gets picked, like everyone is um placing these high expectations on the kid. He's like he's 18 years old. So if he goes out there and produces like a 60, 70 point season, he's still gonna be a good player. So I think that would be a sign he's gonna be an ridiculous player if he were to do that in an oh, yeah. year 18. Because you see like, like for because people are expecting like crazy things from like Capo Caco, Byfield, Lafreniere. I mean, think it was. Yeah. Capo Caco and uh Alexi Lafreniere are uh yikes. Byfield's getting better, but Byfield is getting better. But it's one of those things where it's like you kinda like either people were expecting crazy things from Shane Wright and he's played I think five games. Like yeah, f- five games, I think. And I think it was Some the right that, decision yeah. to put him in the OHL to develop so, again because we, he needed it. They're not gonna rush him. No. In fact, I think I guess, honestly, and this is shocking. I think Kyle, uh, Chicago's taking actually kind of right steps towards getting yeah. there next year. <laughs> Hold him out sh- for another year. Get the first overall pick again with Taylor Hall, <laughs> which is a, a one one of the couple of trades. I think did that. I think that one happened uh, yesterday. Yes. Yeah, that was that was yesterday. That was one of the two trades I saw. So yesterday. But, uh, 
Um, for context, uh, Boston sent both Taylor Hall and Nick Felino with no salary retention at all to Chicago for Alec Regula and Ian Mitchell, two prospects that even I haven't really heard of anymore or ha- heard of at all. So Ian Mitchell, he played at University of Denver and he's kind of bounced up and down yeah. from Chicago. Most he's played in a season is 39 games. And that's short in season in 2020. Oh, wow. Um, I know he has a 0% wins above replacement percentage, according to Jay Fresh. Yeah, he's played a total of 82 games. Oh, boy. In the NHL. So, he's 24. Alec Regula is 22. So, he's younger. Yeah. And he's played about 25 games. So this is basically a cap dump for Boston and for Chicago to get good center depth and wings for selecting Connor Bedard. It could also be like young guys to help with the back end. I mean, help with their defense. Yeah, because Felino's good defensively, you know. Yeah. And uh, Mitchell and Regula might be able to provide some depth provide within their AHL affiliate. Depth. Yeah. I don't even think with the NHL, because let's be honest with how Dmitry Orlov played, he's going to get paid a fat bag. He's going to probably get $7 million, if uh, not more. I mean, I guess the question is, would they keep Lindholm and Carlo? I would keep Orlov over both of them, but I think they're going to end up keeping Lindholm. I think that keeping Lindholm is not the wrong decision. I don't think it is either because Lindholm is a pretty good defenseman. I just think that Dmitry Orlov has more to offer. I agree with that. Just because he's a solid top pairing guy. But the problem is you're not going to be able to afford him with that cap hit that the Bruins have. They might be able to afford him now, but I don't know. I think Taylor All is going to play good in Chicago. Quick question. I mean, he hasn't been a bad player anywhere he's gone except for Buffalo, so it wouldn't surprise me if he had a good year. Maybe. I don't know. It's just... I think If he's with when... Bedard, I think he's going to have a good year. If he's paired with yeah. him, I think he's going to have a good year. I would say, who do you, like, what would that top line be? If cause Would you really play Bedard top line at 18? No, I'd put him in like second or third to start. If he's really good, then I move him up. Mainly because they don't have a lot of they don't have any centers. Chicago. Yeah, let's do a quick search right now while I'm on the Blackhawks. Who are their centers? Taves is gone. Taves is gone. Athanasiu. Athanasiu is still there. Then we got traded. Yeah. And then the names after that, Philip Kurashev, Mackenzie, Entwistle, Yuhar Kyra. They, they've got to make another move, don't they? They gotta get some help at center. Yeah, I was gonna say there's gotta be another the move. You still still there? Yeah. If that's your top center, you're in. A, you're gonna be screwed. There's gotta be another move in play. There's no way there isn't. Who would you get? I mean, that's the issue I have. I look at their team and I'm like Ryan O'Reilly, maybe. Maybe, but like, except if I'm like them. Plays. If I'm them, I just play whoever you got 
maybe you're good. Likely you won't be. Get another potentially generational talent in the next draft to get with Connor Bedard, and you have Kane and Taves all over again. They're set up pretty good. Or if you have more picks and capital, you can trade them for uh, another like top five pick. Imagine if they walk out with Bedard and Mitchkov. Could happen. The rest of the league rages. Yeah. Like, like, like we did when they got the number one pick. Or at least yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. I did too. But but I, I, there's nothing you can do. It's a lottery, but um <laughs> we love the air quotes. But with the uh with the Blackhawks, like they have a lot of ways they can go with this. Like they can start trying to win now, they can start uh tinkering with things a little bit. Um See where it it's goes. Actually, I think their best course of action is just to kind of sit back and not be as great this year again and try to get another good player next year. Let's see. And maybe who knows? You could defy expectations the same way, like, yeah, you know, like the Sens and like teams like the Sens and Sabres kind of did this last season. Yeah. And even Seattle in a while. Like, if oh, Seattle like defied teams, every expectation. You're like one of those three teams where you can just like have a good season despite, you know, all that stuff. It would mean a lot. Yeah. Like, I think the Blackhawks are going to be decent. Do I think they're going to be, like, playoff team? No. I think they're still going to be in, like, the bottom of the league, but not, like, dead last. I think they'll be, like... As long uh, as they're not in, like, a situation like, you know, like the Canucks were, or, like, the Sharks or Ducks yeah. or Coyotes or even the Habs. The Habs have kind of been sp- stuck spinning in a hamster wheel, not going yeah. anywhere. Grant, a lot of it via bad luck, but some point something's got to change but it's like yeah. if they can get something going with like like i said bringing guys like hall of felino are a right step i would say the next step would be get some form of goalie help any form of goalie help what someone you who mean? can stop a shot not named uh garbage can't i mean peter morazic anton q dovin with the worst goal i've ever <laughs> seen we keep bringing it up. We keep bringing up I'm that one you goal. people, look it up. We've it's had... really bad. Their number one goalie is Alex Daylock. We've had we've had twelve episodes so far, and I think in ten of them we've referenced the seven. I think the kid over goal. It's seven, but yeah, <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It's just, they need a lot of help because I just I look at this team and. Like, you want to know how I know that they're still, like, a long way from me believing they're getting it anywhere out of the basement? How? Last season, Jack Johnson was their third defenseman. (laughs) Jack Johnson. I think they should get Justin Hall. I think that'll bolster their defense. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Justin Hall for thirteen point five million dollars. <laughs> what it's a, to match Seth Jones forever to match Seth Jones forever contract. Someone pays him six by six. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Dude, there's no way anyone pays nah, him six nah, by six joking. unless it's the penguins, but you know. But yeah, now for a first trade, I'd say I don't hate it on both ends. I think that I don't either. Austin wants to get younger. I like, especially, I really think regular could be really good for them. Next yeah, season. me too. 
I think Boston's preparing to extend someone that they want to, like possibly bringing Bergeron back if he ever plays again. Maybe Krejci. Who knows? Yeah. So I know they use the cap space to re-sign uh, Allmark, which was a good decision. Yeah. Well, man won the Vesna. That makes it worth it on its own. I mean, I feel like you kind of have to keep someone who's a Vesna winner. Unless it's Marc-Andre Fleury and Vegas goes, we don't want you anymore. Go away. And then they win a cup Fall two years on the later. Sword. Yeah, Alan Walsh sword with the boar on it. Oh, God, that was God. like three years ago. Oh, my God. Yo, I like a lot of the... Yo, we will talk about some of the awards they got. Yeah, let's talk about they the NHL actually awards. liked a decent amount of them, save for one. Yeah. Um, Which one didn't you like? I, you know which one I don't like. Is it the Jim Montgomery one? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Um, okay. But I mean, the obvious one is that David won the MVP, the Rocket, the Ted Lindsay, Finn Lindsay, and Art Ross. He won four. Four. You mean all of the awards? He won all of them. Well, he won all Hurrah. of them except the big one, the Stanley Cup. He no. didn't win. <laughs> My, I, I, woo! He didn't win. Woo! He won all of the ones. Head. He won all of the ones except the ones you want to win. That man, he put up a season that was not human. Oh, I know. Yeah, he, he deserves all those awards. He put up a hundred fifty point season for the first time since oh, I don't know Mario Lemieux. Yeah, that's a pretty good name to fall behind. I, th- I, I'm, I'm. I'd like to say I am an expert in this sport, and I, I'd say it's a pretty good name yeah. to fall behind. Mario Lemieux is a pretty decent name to fall behind. Yeah, only one of the best players ever. Yeah, probably the second best player of all time. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just going to go right past it because we all, everybody knows how much like McDavid has just been ridiculous. Yeah, like he had. Alien, like NHL like controller. There's like there's such a huge gap between him and the second best player in the NHL. Like Ooh, that, that gap track. is, like... and his the second best player right now is on his own team. Oh, he tries. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like Oof. it's it's crazy. But yeah, next one, I was surprised he got it. By the way, considering how bad. The sharks were. You mean well? I think he had like a minus sixteen or something. That was a minus sixteen or minus twenty six. Yeah, I think what also helped was that a lot of the big defenders either regressed or just didn't like miss time with injury. Yeah, so I think it made up for like the minus because like, well, the person who won it was Eric Carlson for the Sharks. And I think it shot because you know Macar had it. Macar was injured. Uh, yeah. Edmund had a down year. Roman Yossi had a down year. Carlson was bad and injured. Yeah. Uh, but also, let's not forget that Eric Carlson had a 100-point season, something that hasn't happened in a long time as a defenseman. Really? Those numbers are still stupid. Yeah, he had 100 points this year. What's the like, last defenseman to do it? Oh, it was a long time ago. It might have been Chris Chelios. Last defensive with a hundred point. Yeah, if you pulled that out, that would be. Crazy. There's no way. I don't think it was Chelios. No. Uh, ooh, it was with the Rangers. 
Brian Leach. Oh, Brian Leach. Oh, yeah. It's been 30 years. Wow. 102 points with the Rangers. Yeah. So Carlson had 100 points for the first time in 30 years. So, like, to me, he deserved it. I mean, people, I've seen people online point out his minus 26 statistic, but he played for San Jose, who who had like no goaltending. So I mean, and just also awful defense. Yeah, like you can point you can point that out all you want, but like he just, it's not his fault he played on a bad team. Like he was like the one bright spot to the Sharks all season. Like they, they just didn't have any goaltending in the league without him. Yeah, they 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 easily would have finished last place. Like so, I don't even think it's a question that they would have finished last. Like it was that bad. Like I'm pretty sure they were still playing Mark Edward Vlasic for games. I think so. And to me, like, there's been a lot of uh, trade talk with Eric Carlson. Um, in my opinion, of his price. Yeah, and in my opinion, if if I'm the Sharks, like his his uh value is up the highest it'll ever be. You need to They'll get never rid of go him. higher. Like, They'll yeah, you need higher. to get rid of him. I'll never go higher, and you're not getting out of the basement right right now or anytime soon. And like I said, if you're the Sharks, yeah. the smartest thing you could do, trade him, trade either Hurdle or Kachir. You got to trade one of those two. Start the rebuild. Unless you get Matt Vaymichkov, then uh, don't listen to me. No, they're not going to get it. They're going to go. They have to go. Just they're going to go kicking and screaming into a rebuild that they've desperately needed since. Yeah. All, I'm Doug Wilson. I'm going to give an eight year contract to somebody. <laughs> but. I mean, he was eighty-eight million was dollars right to Eric Carlson. Yeah, his heart was in the right place. It just didn't work at all. Yeah, but it. But no credit to Carlson because, like, on a terrible team, yeah, to pull off that kind of season. Like, imagine if he was on, like, you know, the Sens, the Sabers, the Caps, the the you know the. Imagine if he was on like any Oilers. Yeah, like the any Oilers. solid imagine team. The Oilers power play with him. That's where I think he's gonna oh go. My God. Like imagine him with like they even try. Oh God, that'd be crazy. Yeah, he's gonna be another one hundred point defenseman for the next three years if he yep. goes there. Oh yeah, no, without question. Yeah. Uh, doing a rookie of the year or Masterton? Uh, let's go rookie of the year, considering that's your boy. Yes, sir. Beniers, Maddie oh, Beniers, the Kraken. Uh, in my opinion, their best player this year. I wouldn't go that far, but I definitely I would might. say top three. I might because I noticed in the playoffs, in games he was in, he was significantly more of an X factor than anyone on that team. Yeah, like you could tell, like the the sense of the game he changed got, when he was on the ice. He got better when the playoffs hit. Yeah, if he, we were talking like the whole season, though, I'd say he was top three because. Without McCann's like forty goal season, forty goal and year, Everly playing, having a massive bounce back season, we yeah. wouldn't have been the place we were because he stepped up when Burakovsky got injured. Yeah, that's very true. So, but that's what's crazy about it. He won the Rookie of the Year, and he was like probably our best. He was easily our best playoff performer, without question. Oh yeah, actually second, Everly. Everly was no one. Everly yeah. was one. Everly was Grubauer in the playoff. Grubauer, your favorite. I mean, say for game he seven, good. he was good. Maybe yeah, game he seven, was he good. was good. Game seven broke my heart, but yeah, 
But oh, the crazy it's a, thing it's about it is, yeah. the crazy thing about this is one, I look at the date, and he's younger than me. <laughs> yeah, just, Matt even years is younger. How old he's is he? Twenty. Oh, November fifth, two thousand two. Hey, a that's little, my sister's a little around birthday. a year from me. A little my around from a year birthday. from me. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's twenty uh, though. That's what's great. He's twenty. Yeah. He's two years first... younger than me. That's insane. Bro. That's crazy to think about. <laughs> That's insane. He put up a fifty-seven point season in his first full first full season. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I think he's only gonna get better. That's what's scary. Oh, he about is. That. And you guys so, will have Shane Wright next year, likely. Ty Cartier. So... Oh my gosh! And your uh... he was a he was a stud in the playoffs. Your AHL team made it to the Color Cup final in Game Seven, but um, there I know. Yeah, they choked the two zero lead. But uh, second year though to make a Color Cup final, that means we have good. so much talent on the team. Like Colgan yeah. next season, um, I'm, I'm so hyped you for guys, what next year's bringing. You guys got a, a good blueprint. Wouldn't surprise oh, me if you ended really? up like Vegas. Um. Uh, so well because i think you guys have a chance to yeah yeah i think you guys have a chance to you just got to make some moves to get some uh better scoring depth in my opinion well i mean you guys need like a flat out like star if veneers isn't it i think he will be but if he doesn't like i think he's still a good complimentary piece oh yeah i mean i don't know i think seattle will be good for us yeah but now let's now let's get I think to the, my favorite award of the bunch. Oh yeah, the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. Yeah, and to me it's no surprise. Like Chris Letang this year had a really really tough year. His father passed months. away. Yeah, he had, he a, had stroke a stroke this year again. Yeah, like it's wild because the other two nominees I still rooted for as well. But like because it, it was Letang, Alex Stalock, who yeah. I mean, the V for the career he's had with all the stuff he had, and he had to endure Chicago, and he yeah. put up a good season. I think yeah, Keller, he did. He's basically yeah. been the one person who stayed through that turmoil and like all the crap that has gone through Arizona. He's been the one person who's been able to stay strong through that. Yeah, but no, Latang one hundred percent deserved it. The amount of crap. Like mentally, he had to go through yeah. this season. Just his personal life, like that. I remember sitting. Sitting in Duquesne's uh, cafeteria and seeing the message that came up saying Chris Letang had a second stroke. It, like, to me, when I read that message go across my screen, I'm like, there's no way he plays again. Like, he's done. That's there's what no I thought. I was like, way. no way he could play again after that. Right? Yeah. But, like, to be able to do that, it just shows, like, how how much did the A, the game means to him, and B, how much... I, to me, I like it because it's like he values not as much like the game, but he values doing the things he loves and not letting yeah. you know really bad and scary things kind of like you know push him away from doing something that means a lot to him. Yeah, and especially with this, like his like really, I think the main motivating factor, and I've seen him say this before, was like the main thing was he wanted his son to remember watching him play because he has a young kid right now um Aww. 
but it's just one of those things where like the guy's a warrior like he's played through so much it's a second stroke like it's It's i still can't believe he came back i can't believe like even though he had a down relatively mediocre season for his standards like really most of the penguins did but chris letang playing through a second stroke like i I don't know how he did it. Like it's just he's crazy. A hard to me. Soul, that defense. Oh yeah, and it's bar none. Like he's the best defenseman on that team, and it's not even close. He was sorely missed in the games that he wasn't there in. Like, mm-hmm. just a warrior. I don't know what else to say. Like, they had they literally had to keep him off the ice in the 2017 Stanley Cup playoffs, and like he wanted to play through like a completely broken shoulder. Which is just crazy. Like that is crazy. My memories of Chris Letang are always going to be like he was a very tough, very good human being, and just from everything I've heard, from everything I've experienced, like he puts everyone else before himself. Like it's one of those awards that it's been deserved for a long time. Like I wish it didn't take a stroke for him to get um the recognition he's deserved because he's been a very underrated guy his whole career but just big congratulations the only thing i'm like just take care of your health like that's the most important thing yeah but still very well deserved award oh yeah 100 percent yeah stuff like that makes hockey like i said a beautiful game oh yeah like it's it's one of those things where like there are so many guys that push through so much to really to a fault. Like I've talked about it before on the show where like the players need to prioritize their health. The NHL needs to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. Um, But in this instance, a trainer saw that he was having symptoms, got him to medical care in time and possibly saved his life and saved his career. So Credit I mean, big props to them. Big props to him. Like, very well-deserved award, if I do say so myself. Unlike the next one? Uh, yeah. I have mixed feelings wanna, on this wanna, next one. You want to you wanna prove that that award's a joke? You wanna John Tortorella's like... won it twice? I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. Most... <laughs> yeah, the, you're not wrong, but... <laughs> weren't expecting that answer <laughs> no i was not actually i was looking at some other but damn biles must won it before damn, Biles, I swear damn <laughs> mike sullivan dave, hasn't dave talon win one or no no gerard gallant won a few and then gerard he got fired, like the next one. year yeah and he got fired the next year um yeah no so for anybody wondering jim montgomery for the bruins won it now, I know he's gone through a lot as a person. I understand all that stuff. I know what Boston did this year in the regular season. Y'all not watch the playoffs? Yeah. Does that just not matter? To me, to me, like, I'm these awards, especially for these, are very much regular season oriented. If it were me, it would have gone to Bruce Cassidy 100%. Um, the thing I will say, though, is like Jim Montgomery's speech was very, very good. I will give him that. Um, just 
if I were giving these awards out, like to me, I would wait, especially for coach of the year, or GM of the year. I would wait to see how the playoffs go because you really don't decided. know. Yeah. Cause like, you really don't know a large portion of being a coach is coaching during the playoffs. Cause that's where your team faces the most adversity. And unfortunately with the Bruins, like when that adversity came, they didn't cope with it well because it was really the only adversity they felt all season. Yeah, and I think that's why, because I feel like Meniere's pretty much won his rookie of the year through the playoffs. Yeah, and he had a really good season. Yeah, solid regular season. Well. Yeah. But I felt like that was, like, basically decided for him when he won. Whereas, yeah. like, where you see a lot of different coaches kind of get their boost, you could have argued that Peter DeBoer could have won one. Like, oh, Bruce Cassie 100% should have won one. Yeah, I yeah. know. That sounds shocking. But I think he could have won one. The Sabres could have won one. Yeah, I think Lindy Ruff could have won it too. Lindy Ruff should have had a chance. Yeah. Just to me, this 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 award doesn't really mean a whole lot because like there are so many good coaches that haven't won it yet when they very deserve to. Like there are some seasons where Mike Sullivan has risen the penguins back from the dead and he's never won the coach of the year before. Like, I don't get it. I want to like, I get that a 65-win season, but at the same time, like I would put a lot of stock into the playoffs, but that's just me. The sports think. writers feel differently, but... I'm looking up something for the Jack Adams award. I want to look at the last few years. Yeah. I know it's a pretty 20, decorated 2021, list. 2021, Daryl Sutter. Oh, my God. For a flame scene that choked against got got spanked against the Oilers, Rob Brennan Moore against the Carolina Hurricanes the year deserved that. deserved I will say that Bruce Cassidy also deserved which year that was twenty twenty Barry Trotz also deserved Gerard Gallant he got fired the very next year after That's that Vegas being Vegas. Vegas Barry Trotz and then he left immediately after the deserved. season in the Capitals but deserved. Patrick Waugh with the freaking Avs in 2013-2014. Bob Hartley for the Calgary Flames in 14-15. Wow. John Tortorella in 16-17. Yeah, the fact that John Tortorella won the Jack Adams in 2016-17 and Mike Sullivan didn't is a joke. Dan Bilesman in 2010-2011. That is the biggest joke of them all. Sheldon Keefe winning the uh, Jack Adams in 23, 24. Tw- you were already. Yes. Because that you news came out. Because that news came out uh, yesterday that uh, Sheldon Keefe is staying. Really? John Cooper deserves it, though. I will say that. And yes, uh, Sheldon Keefe is staying with the Leafs next year. Sheldon <laughs> Keefe. <laughs> or this upcoming season, you know. We can so that means that we are going to beat the Lightning again and lose in the second round to the eighth seed, whoever that is, and enjoy a free walk to the Stanley Cup final. Have fun. <laughs> and then lose. And then lose. And then it Bad. makes me feel slightly better, but then dead and cold inside because we still lost. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Do we want to go to? Tra- uh, I think we got to go to another another trade, a, a funnier trade. <laughs> yeah, let's go for the trades. Let's start with the trades. Let's do the LOL trade. Which you know which LOL one trade. is the LOL trade? Is it the LA one? No, 
Which one's the LOL That's trade? One. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Let's let, let's talk about it for a minute because um Jesus this might Christ. be one of the dumbest decisions. It makes no sense. Mind you, this is one of the first moves Barry Trotz made as GM. Yeah, hopefully this isn't a uh sign of things to come. Sign of things to come because oh god. So for reference, people, Ryan Johansson has been traded to Colorado. What did Colorado send to them? Prospect? No. Alex motherfucking Galchenyuk. Who was terrible again this year. I don't know how he's still in the league. I don't even think he is. I mean, he played in the AHL for a little bit, you know. So Colorado sent Galchenyuk, and Nashville is retaining half of Johansson's salary. They're keeping half his salary. Yeah. Because I thought that Galchenyuk be was sent as like up. a future considerations thing. That has oh, they to be a are. sign they're blowing it up. That they has are. to be. There's no because way that, they're not. The, if it's not, that's one of the stupidest moves I've ever seen. Yeah. Just for reference, uh, Galchenyuk played 42 games with Colorado Eagles. Average point a game. Played 11 games in the NHL. What do you think he had? Uh, four points. Zero. Zero. It, uh, Nashville, you know your problem is offense, right? No. And not it's being able UC to score. Soros, it's UC Soros not saving 80 pucks a game. Yeah, it's not That's having a That's the fucking problem. So you say Soros not having a 950 save percentage. Yeah, that's the problem. <sighs> <laughs> they for really traded years. for a guy with no points yes oh my the last time he had a double digit goal season was 2018 with the fucking coyotes oh my god you want to know how many teams he's been on since that since that season with the coyotes like five right six Oh my the god. The Penguins, the Wilds, the Senators, the Maple Leafs, the Coyotes, the fucking Avalanche. Wasn't he on the Canes too? No. I thought he was. If he was, it was like the practice squad or something. Or like the Yeah, like he, was the the taxi squad. he was on the, the taxi, taxi squad. He was on the taxi squad for the yeah. Canes in 2021. But he never I played think. a game with them. So he was traded to the Canes and it was then either that or he was traded he went, and immediately got traded after. So he like went that. to the Canes, was claimed off waivers by the Sens, yep, and then traded to the Leafs. I think mm-hmm. that's how that turn of events happened. No, I think you're right because that Sens and Leafs were both 21, 2021. My god, my god, that's so. And Johansson is not it a was bad just player. one for one swap, was it? Yeah, it was one for one. I mean, Johansson was playing like trash this season. I get it. Yeah, His contract is bad, but like. He's better than Galchenyuk. They didn't even get a prospect. That's what just blows my mind. Nope. They That's didn't why even it's hard get a for second. me to believe this. Like they're blowing it up because it's like. They didn't I get might a, have they rather get a prospect. They didn't get a pick. Yeah. They got a guy who hasn't had a double digit goal season since 20. Uh, yeah. 2018. Especially with how deep this draft is. 26-15. Oh, my God. 
with it, and especially with how deep this draft is, you mean to tell me if they get sent a second round pick that they wouldn't be been able to find a ten goal scorer? Think like that. That's where my problem with this trade is. Like, I'd rather the pick, honestly. What? I'd rather the pick. I'm not gonna lie. Even to a you. day three pick, you could find some value with. Yeah. And they have to retain half his salary, so it's not even it's not even all that great because you're still paying a lot of money for a guy not to play. Ryan Johansson's contract's like five or six million as well. Yeah, so you're basically paying Alex Galchenyuk to put up no points for the same amount or for an amount that uh, Johansson would have costed you. Watch us talk all this crap, and Galchenyuk puts up like a twenty-five full goal season. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna put up a thirty goal season. He's gonna captain the Nashville Predators to uh, a three peat Stanley Cup championship, and gonna make us all look stupid. Would be, but no. <laughs> all right, are you ready for the uh, the the trade of the day? Apparently, I think so. So, um, the Los Angeles Kings acquired noted Montreal Canadiens fan Pierre Luc Dubois. In exchange That's for a 2024 20, second round pick, Rasmus Kupari, Alex Ayafalo, and Gabriel Vlardi. It's also Vlardi important and to note. Ayafalo got traded. Yeah. What? It's also important to note that Pierre Luc Dubois inked an eight year, eight and a half million dollar contract with the Kings as well. No. Yep. Yep. Is it? Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh eight year, eight and a half million. He wanted he wanted nine. And like to me, to me, I don't like this trade for Los Angeles because you give up three pretty decent players for a twenty five go. Him and Velarde, I think, are fine letting go. I'd be fine the one that shocks me. Yeah, it does. Like, Pierre-Luc Dubois' highest goal total was 28. He put up 27 last year as well, but... He's not a bad player. He's a good player. He's a decent player, but I don't think he's three players and a draft pick of worth for a mid-20s goal scorer. Mind you, 8.5. Yeah, eight and a half million. Sidney Crosby mm. makes two hundred thousand more than that for uh for reference. I'm pretty sure that's around the money dry saddles making. Uh yes. LA, what the fuck? I I don't get it. I really don't. I saw that. Back. What the f- is that? Cause like you lose a significant amount of speed. Like, you better hope PLD turns it on more than he has. Like, just to me, I I have a lot of trouble with Pierre-Luc Dubois because everywhere he's, he's gone... He's run himself out of both places, Winnipeg and Columbus. Yeah, he's requested a trade out of both organizations. I, said, I understand and, the Columbus one because that was when Tortorella was still there, yeah, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. And that's fine. I understand that one. The way he handled himself in freaking... Uh, Winnipeg, he handled himself like an idiot there, personally. Yeah. And just, 
that's I don't know. I, I just guess, don't get it. Velarde shocks me. me. I guess because him and a follow a follow put up a solid like fifteen goal season. Velarde put up a twenty three goal season. Velarde last season oh. put up a twenty three goal season. They might regret Gabriel Velarde. Like I know he's taken a while, but to me, he screams late bloomer, Joe Pavelski type player. And I think he could only get better with like his passing ability as well. Yeah, and that was the that was the thing that a lot of teams were big on about uh, Vlardy was just his passing ability was really really good. So if he's not if he's scoring at a twenty thirty goal rate, I I don't know, especially because that's almost the same player you're getting yeah. from. You're getting slightly better offensive production from a guy like Dubois. Yeah. And here's the thing. I understand the biggest issue is that they don't they didn't really have a guy last season that really elevated their offense. Save like I said, they had Kopitar and they had Kevin Fiala. Those two players I definitely think helped them take a big step in the right direction. But like how much is this gonna help them versus like, you know, using guys like Lizalette and Byfield and you know Trevor Moore. I just to me, know. this screams uh, Andre Kopitar replacement for when he that retires. Would be so stupid! It screams Andre Kopitar replacement. Still so dumb. If that's the case, though. Yeah, it, they're eight similar type players. Yeah, they're very similar type players. It screams Andre Kopitar to me. I, I think that's where they're going with it. Mm. And I was fully expecting uh, Montreal, but after this return, I'm like, now I know why Montreal wasn't pursuing him as much as he'd wanted them to. Apparently not. I wouldn't have given that up because that screams to me like uh, Winnipeg wanted like a cool call field or a Nick Suzuki type thing for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I'm like, Dubois like isn't as good as either of those two, and they didn't want to give him up. And the highest paid Montreal player, the stupid juice. Yeah, and the highest paid player on the Canadians that makes like seven point eight million. So like, I wouldn't pay Pierre Luc Dubois more than no. Suzuki. Yeah, and Suzuki, I think, really likes Cole Caulfield. Well, I think they're like good friends yeah. as well. Yeah, they are. So I don't think it would make any sense for Montreal trading those two. And the first piece to fall down for Winnipeg, like that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good trade. Like I'd get on. Working the phones for Shifley or Halibut, like maybe before Both. the draft tomorrow. We'll see. Well, Halibut, I say no. Shifley, yes. Shifley, no. I shop now. There's going to be a team that wants them. Shifley, yeah. you have to. Vegas calls on the phone. Of course they would, probably. Vegas for Shifley, yeah. Blake Wheeler is a guy I could see them uh, shipping out to. Shifley uh, might be a deadline piece, though. Maybe. That's an interesting one. I did not know it was that much. Like they gave up that much. Yeah. And then said, All and right, me in half million. Like instantly. Yep. That's the number one thing I never understand when I watch trades from any sport. You make a big trade for a guy who's solid, but not like game changing. And then you ink that player to a long term deal. I get the big thing. You don't want to like trade a bunch and then not keep the guy. You're locking him down till he's 33. Yes. Like I, 
nothing to this deal. High reward. I understand the situation yeah. the Kings are in. This to me, the Kings needed speed to combat their previous two first round opponents and the Edmonton Oilers, and they just didn't get that. My my worry is when I look at the trade like this, this looks like them trying to do the same thing Florida did. Yeah. And gamble uh, yeah. on Matthew Kachuk. I rescind Gable. my Los Angeles Kings winning the Stanley Cup prediction now from last episode. I rescind that. <laughs> Fucking hell, that age like I'm just gonna stop. It's okay, like I'm, spoiled milk. <laughs> I'm going to predict the next next Stanley Cup champion, the Blue Jacket, <laughs> in the Boston Bruins, or oh, the Washington God. Capitals, because I God, don't like no. either of you. <laughs> no, it's not the Cavs, but that's the Leafs curse stems so much to Bro, where even teams I, I predict to win know. are going to lose. Yeah. That's yeah. We're gonna like, we're gonna pay attention like, to that. Well, the curse is we, potent. It is potent. It'll never die. <laughs> it'll never die. Oh. And now we can get to uh oh. There's another trade that we uh, haven't mentioned yet with New Jersey, and there are two things about New Jersey. Yes, New sir, Jersey did about- good today. So yesterday, New Jersey re-signed Eric Halla to a three-year deal, which to me was a pretty good move. Very speed, speedy-oriented player. Uh, very decent all-around player, good for your middle six. I think he's going to provide a lot of uh, nice depth for the Devils, which to me was the main reason why they weren't able to keep up with the Hurricanes. Uh, and then they also... Got another pretty big score and Tyler Toffoli. And they traded uh, with the Calgary Flames. And the Flames got Yegor Sharangovich, which is a pretty good player. And 80th overall in uh, this year's draft. I'd say fairly decent value. Uh, Sharangovich is a good young player. I think he needed a change of scenery. Uh, Tyler Toffoli is Tyler Toffoli. Like, you know what you're getting. A pretty very good, good player. player. Ceiling of 30 goals, basement of 15. Like, he's a pretty good guy. He's a pretty good player. And the thing is, he's going into a situation in which also they re-signed Eric Hollow, which I think was a solid move. Yeah. Which Yeah, they did. Last season, you know, like, you got, say for, like, the big season he had with Vegas, you put up, like, a usual season with him, you know, 15 goals, 40 points. Not bad. You know, solid contributor. And I got yeah. to fully just going to make their offense even better. Yeah. you Like, if you're watching, if you're a Devils fan, you're watching how they're handling this, the offseason right now. you got to be feeling pretty optimistic for next year. Oh, yeah. Like, I 100% agree. Um Especially with, with, like, the Devils with their forward depth now. It's like he, they have Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Tyler Toffoli, um, Jesper Brat. Like, they have a ton of, they have a ton of guys. I know, I'm forge- I know I'm forgetting a bunch, but I just know they have so much depth on them. I mean, Miles Wood. Miles Wood. Has- yeah, solid like, player. I'll have to look. Cloud. Thomas Tatar had a bounce back season. 
Yeah, he did. They have Dougie Hamilton too. Austin Mercer is ridiculously good. They have Timo Meyer too. Oh yeah. Like they have they have so many good players. It's crazy. Forgot the Timo Meyer. To me, and Luke Hughes is coming up with them. Really? Yeah. To me, I would just look at their uh, their goaltending situation. But other than that, like, goddamn. Yeah, and if you get something decent out of Kira Schmidt, then you're just asking either Blackwood or Vanacek to just be passable. Yeah. Which I feel like you like, will get. You'll get something from one of those two, if not both. That's a pretty good-looking team. That's a, a pretty good-looking team. And honestly... They made they their might defense fuck around and win training. the Metro. They made their defense, I think, better with training Damon Severs in a way. Uh, yeah, you and me both, because they're basically going to replace his spot with Luke Hughes. Mm-hmm. Mind you, they yeah. also have John Marino and yeah, uh, and Dougie and Ryan Graves, who are all solid. God damn, that is a like they definitely they definitely made their defense better. That is a good team. Think about That's a few a years really back. They had, they had Damon Severson and Sammy Vatanen as their big defenders. Oh, my God. They, they're they're going to be a problem. They're going to be yeah, a problem. So they're making all the right moves. Yeah. They're going to be a problem. And then we also saw some shocking news. We talked about it vaguely. It was about the Sens. Yeah. This was kind of a weird one. Debrinkit. From what I've seen on Twitter from Elliot Friedman, like Debrinket wants out of Ottawa, and it's kind of a weird deal. I mean, he's an RFA right now, so like it is probably going to be a sign and trade type thing. His preference is to play in the states, so it's it's really a weird thing. I just it think might have it's just more been of a kind system of bad experience. Yeah, it's more of a systems thing. Like he wouldn't mind going somewhere in Canada, but he wouldn't want to sign long term, which I think is going to turn a lot of teams off. I think he's going to go to the state somewhere. I just don't know where. There have been a couple of discussions, like maybe going to Calgary for one of their guys that wants out, so like a Hannafin type deal or a Elias Lindholm type so anybody, deal. So everybody in Calgary. Yeah, I could see him going to Calgary for like Elias Lindholm, maybe Noah Hannafin, and him signing like a three-year deal with Calgary for pretty big money. Yeah, I guess some. Yeah, I know the team probably didn't. He didn't click great with how he was playing. No, he didn't. In fact, he had some. He had a bit of a down year with his production, but like, it didn't seem like there was any discontent. So maybe I think it's just. I don't think he's as much the team. I think it's just one of those things where he's just not happy there. Yeah, it's one of those things where like it could be a systems type thing. It could be coaching. Like who knows? It's one of it those things be where, where he's, he's just not happy. Yeah, like just the area itself. Like not this is Ottawa. It's just like it yeah. just could be like a just a personal experience. You know, like certain places just you know you don't really connect don't with. You... No. Yeah, so like just, who, I think who it knows? just could be something like that. Yeah, so. I think it's likely like a systems thing or just yeah. Didn't things didn't really work out in Ottawa? Um, I think he goes somewhere in the states. I, if I were to guess, I'll tell you, a swing at it. Blues. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that they need a little bit more scoring. Um, speaking of the Blues, 
Blues or Red yeah. Wings? I'm guessing those are the two places. I'm guessing Red Wings are a good choice too. But uh, speaking of the Blues, they also made a move today. Uh, the Flyers sent Kevin Hayes to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for a sixth round pick. Flyers retain half of Kevin Hayes' salary. Um, g- go ahead and say what you want to say. No, 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 give me a second here. Yeah. In my opinion, I think the Flyers ended up winning this trade because Kevin Hayes didn't really play all that great for them last season. Uh, he's had a rough go of it for the last couple of years. Granted, like stuff in his personal life has been great too. Like his brother mm-hmm. passed away last year. Um, no. Kevin Hayes is not a bad human being. It's no. just one of those we things. We don't diss where, on like, the players. Yeah. Like, it's not us dissing on the players. It's more yeah. decriminalizations for making horrible decisions. That's always yeah. something at the top, like the big preference, I think is like important to state in these videos. It's, it's videos, yeah. audio, all this stuff. We're not dissing the players. Like they are yeah. making life changing decisions for them, their families, you know, their future families. So it's not us. We're not going after those players. Yeah. It's the organizations for making those decisions. Yeah. There's a big there's a big difference there. That being said, woof this fucking deal. Yeah. And like the Flyers had to get out of another Chuck Fletcher mistake. So to me, that's why I think the Flyers end up winning winning the deal. Like they've been having a pretty good offseason. Clearing up that cap space, getting out of all of Chuck Fletcher's mistakes. That's a lot for the Blues to take on for a guy who's been mediocre at best. Let's do a search. I know this last year or two has been kind of rough for him, but like his first year with the with the Flyers was pretty good. It's just after that, it just tanked. You, I know he had a rift with John Tortorella. You. And this is the bit, like I said, this is another statement of why Chuck Fletcher was was terrible at his job. They signed the highest goal total he ever had was with the Rangers in 2017. It was 25. All right? Yeah. They paid this man a seven by seven. Yeah, that that's Chuck Fletcher. Oh my god, this is Mike Milbury type stupidity. Yeah. But they Bro. they were smart and got out of it. Yeah, but that's what I don't understand. Bro, the the blues are taking 3.5 million of that. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I guess I'm I, I guess the only thing I could think of is this. They're not expecting to be that good next year. No. I don't think they think they're gonna be garbage. But they're not gonna be great. They're not gonna be great. And they only gave up a six-round pick for it. To me, what hurts is just the cap hit. I mean, sure, the Flyers have to retain three and a half million of it, but they can use that cap space to build a team. Yeah. And like three and a half million isn't terrible for a 54-point player, but you know, he's had he's had some injury problems in the past. He's struggled he struggled a lot. I mean, we'll see where it goes. In my opinion, though, I think the Flyers won the trade. Like they've been having a pretty good offseason, getting out from under mistakes. I think yeah. that's been like the key emphasis that Daniel Briere has had in his tenure so far. He just wants to undo the mistakes and go into a rebuild. And I think that's what they should do. It's long overdue. They should have done here's it like five years ago. Yeah, here's the big issue I have with the Kevin Hayes play. It's nothing with the Flyers. I think the Flyers made the right decision. Yeah. And even the cap, you're going to have to. You, 
they made that mistake. They got to yeah. they got to lay in that bed. Here's my issue. They don't have a team that strikes me as going to be garbage. All right, but here's my issue. Taking that Kevin Hayes contract, putting taking three point five million for the next three seasons. Next for this offseason, the Blues have four million in cap. That's it. They only have four million in cap space. Yes, Ooh. because they signed. They gave three years, or they gave a year to Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah, for three not million. Not an surprised. extra year for, for Jake Yakovrana. Good pickup. Yeah, I think a solid pickup. And then Bruce Navis is getting six million. Braden Shen's getting six and a half million for five years. And then Man. Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are each getting eight million a year for like eight years. Oh, and then not to mention the defense. Colin Pareko is getting six point five million for, I think, six years. They should have traded him to Montreal because they wanted him. And Tory Krug and Justin Falk are also getting paid six point five million. Tory Krug was almost sent to Philadelphia. I wouldn't be surprised if that deal comes up again within the next couple of days. I saw it something that Tory Krug was on his way to Philly, but and Nick no has got clause. a three by four. Damn, three, he's a four. He's terrible. He had the Damn. one or the two good seasons with um, uh, the Islanders. Yeah, took that to took that to um, Detroit. Played garbage there for a season or a season and a half, and then got traded to the Blues and taking that contract. Wow, I mean that's my issue with that trade so much. It's not yeah. as much I think Kevin Hayes is a terrible player. They've basically handicapped themselves now with long term deals for a team that's not good enough to go far. I agree. While trading away O'Reilly, Tarasenko. For guys who I think could be good in Capitan and Verona, but like you don't know. They're just trying to get younger, but just it you really spending can't. the That's money the where you don't need to is just a just a turn off for me. With a deal like that, you really can't get younger right now. No, you can't. You're banking on Kairu Thomas, Shen, and Bushnevich playing yeah. great to get you somewhere, or you know, any sort of goaltending doing anything, mind you. Oh yeah. Hi, Jordan Bennington. Mr. I make six million also a year. Crazy money. Yeah. That just that makes no sense to me. Yeah. I like I don't know where they're going. Like I thought they I thought I knew where they were going after trading O'Reilly and Tarasenko, but I did guess they're gonna wait another year or three. <laughs> who knows? And look at and look at their division. Look at their division. The Avs, who aren't going anywhere anytime soon. The Wild, who are not going anywhere anytime soon. The Stars, who have very good players right now, and oh yeah, are going to be amazing in the future. And the Jets, who we'll see. Mm, Are are they really banking on being Chicago getting Bedard? They're still going to be a year or two away. Yeah, but still, in that time frame. I mean, are banking on next year making the playoffs with, like, the 7 or 8 seed? There's no way. There's no way. It has to be. People that are going to try to replicate what Florida did are going to crash and fail. That's the only way. Florida should not have made it. The only reason Florida made it is because Buddy Robinson decided to score two goals in a game that meant nothing, and the Penguins missed it. That's the only reason why the Panthers made the playoffs. Like it, Robinson, that's so funny. Yeah, like it's just crazy. 
that's what yeah that's that's a bit that bugs me so much is that i look like that's how i literally think they're taking it you yeah. look at that team you look at the mindset you look at that trade that's literally screaming we aren't bad enough to be a top five draft pick yep we aren't good enough to really be a contender our bet is make it we're gonna be mediocre we're gonna be mediocre or possibly just okay yeah see if that's good enough to make an eight or seven seed and pray the magic happens yeah that's like unless guys like Pareko and like Pareko sod or yeah you can't trade Hayes now like unless no, guys like Pareko sod or even possibly Shen get traded I really don't know what the plan is here. I don't know what the plan is either. I guess they're going to try to ride it and send more guys to the deadline. I don't know. I really don't, especially with that little cap space. There's not really much you can do. No. So unless I I have to believe Pareko is getting traded this year. Yeah, he has to be. He has to be. But we're it's just something we're going to have to keep an eye on because like it's one of those things that like I don't think they can fix right away. No, I really don't. But the last piece, the last piece of news for like the sign and trades is Jordan Stahl re-signed with Carolina. Yes, sir. For surprising four years. I thought he was going to get like a two year, but very interesting. I think it's a good move for the Canes. Jordan Stahl has been very good for them for the last number of years. So he, I think he's going to end up being good for them as always. Um, There's not really a whole lot to say about Jordan Stahl. He's been just a decent guy his whole career, but he was very good for the Penguins, very good for the Canes, like leader of that team. Yeah. Like, I don't think the Canes, like, take a step back or anything like that. Like, they continue keeping on. Like, they're going to be a good team. Like, they're going to be up there with the Devils again next year, fighting for that first place spot in the Metro. So I like how they handled it as well because – after this next season, they got a lot of RFAs to sign. Yeah, they do. And a guy like Jordan Stahl, he's still producing very well for them. Yeah. He got him on, I, honestly, I think a team-friendly deal. Oh, yeah. He definitely took a team-friendly deal. Fun fact, I looked at the Canes are roster. The only person they have extended long-term besides Stahl is uh, uh, Kokinami. That's kind of surprising, actually. You huh. Well, here's the thing. They have, I looked at that, they got about 20, 21 and a half million in cap. Yeah. I would guess Nietzsche, Aho, both getting extended. Oh, yeah. They're preparing for that. And even Martinuk. Yeah. Maybe. They are definitely well, actually, preparing for that. Jarvis. Uh, if I were to guess, I'm saying Jarvis, Nietzsche, and Aho are all getting extensions yeah. potentially this offseason. Well, the Hurricanes have $21 million in cap space. So. Yeah. They're going to sign their guys here. Yeah, they're going to sign their guys. And they're not really a team that usually lets a lot of their their talent walk. No, they're not. Like, I think Jesper Faust is going to end up heading out. I think Paul Stastny is going to end up heading out. Stastny would be whatever. Yeah. And, like, he did sign a pretty friendly – he did sign a pretty team-friendly deal. He signed $2.9 million contract. So, I think – I think they're still going to be who they are. I think they're still going to be good. Um, I, they're just, it's just a matter of retooling. Yeah. And they're usually good at that. So 
Yeah, keep in they mind, have good goaltending too. Oh yeah, they yeah. got really good goaltending. I mean, Did their defense although, core actually though, but they're gonna lose. Anderson and Ronson are both uh, UFA's. I think they're gonna keep one of them. It's just one of those. They're gonna keep they one of them. Decide. I'm guessing Freddie. They're keeping Freddie. I think they keep him. Ranta got hurt. Can Chekhov and Freddie? I think. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. definitely are keeping Kanchekov and Freddie. <laughs> it's just just slow looking at all this stuff. Yeah. On our list. Uh <laughs> now it's time. It's time for the elephant in oh, the room. Oh my god. The elephant it's in the room. Time to talk about a topic that first I'm gonna be honest. Of, first like broad topic of yeah. topic for I'm gonna show. be honest this i don't know i'm mad and disappointed at the same time i don't really know how to project how i feel about this because to me it's just i don't see any good that came out of this um so for those of you guys who don't know the nhl decided at their board of governors meeting this year that the NHL will not be doing special warm-up jerseys for anything anymore. So this means no pride jerseys, no hockey fights, cancer jerseys, no, uh, what else was there? There was military Military. appreciation night. There was autism awareness night. There was just so many things. There was one. Yeah, Unity, there was Indigenous Peoples Night. There are so many things. And to me, like, the main thing that bugs me about this was that these jerseys were made. They weren't made to be worn in games. They were made to be worn in the warm-ups and then auctioned off while the game was going on. And these jerseys made up a significant amount of money that went to these charities for these nights, which were the whole point of the nights. It was to celebrate unity, celebrate pride, celebrate military appreciation night, celebrate, uh, celebrate like people who are fighting cancer and cancer survivors. Like it's one of those things to where like this decision was made, I think that Gary Bettman had a good point when he talked about it, like that when people decided not, and this was a specifically a pride Jersey issue with player with like six players, not wanting to wear them or something like that. It was like in the range of six to 10. I don't remember. Yeah, I was trying to remember all the names. The, the exact number. Stalls. Uh, uh, Eric and Mark Stahl, James Reimer, James Ivan Provorov. Uh, Pod Colson on the Canucks, mm-hmm. uh, someone on the Blackhawks who wasn't named. But to me, it's just like, I think it's the right move not doing any of them anymore. If you, if you want to axe the pride ones, which I'm still vehemently against, I'm against like canceling all the jerseys in general and canceling the pride jerseys as well. Um, just because like there were so little players that wouldn't wear them. Like I think I would have just allowed them to not wear them and continue it because the main point of these jerseys was not only to like brighten up the cause and raise more awareness to like these issues, whether they were social or community issues, but 
they raise so much money for charity. Like to give you an idea, the pride jerseys alone last year made $785,000. And that was just last year. That's not including this year. This year, they were saying it was in the range of like one to $1.2 million. Jeez. Like to give you an idea, I looked at the <clears throat> jersey that Sidney Crosby wore in warmups for the Penguins Pride Night, and it sold for like $20,000. It was crazy. Like to give you an idea, high profile players, so like your Crosby, your McDavid, um, your Ovechkin, because Ovechkin wore it too. Um, they would make significant amount of money with those jerseys. Like to me, it's just like the biggest loss in terms of these causes, because like, sure, you can host these nights, you can like do all of these initiatives, but you're not going to be as effective in donating to the cause that you wanted to without them. And I'm not yeah. saying before anyone accuses me of saying these players have to wear these jerseys. I'm not saying they have to wear them. What no, I'm saying is no. I don't want like the opinions of the few to do something bad for a lot of people. Cause it was only like six to 10 players. It wasn't the entire national hockey league. It was six mm -hmm. players. And you know what I think part of the problem is what's up. I want to take you from a different angle here. Yeah. And uh, the one thing I will say is, I think, an unpopular opinion. If he was going to do it, I'm glad he did it, like, all the way. Yeah. Versus, like, you know, this is fine, but this is not. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not, a, I'll always say I'm never a fan of double standards. So, it's a way of doing it. And I, it's not, I don't think it's a horrible way. I don't think, I think he handled it well for the decision he decided to make. Yeah, I will say that, but what I will say is the issue here is that if this is something I just want to ask your opinion on. Yes. If this was done 10 years ago with how different media has changed in the span of 10 years, you think it like the few people who did it who like didn't participate. You think that's still you think that decision happens back then in like 2012? I think the decision still happens. Um, and back in 2012, like jerseys, like pride jerseys would have never existed. It's been a relatively new thing. Yeah, um, I guess I, to me, I, where I think the yeah. NHL handled this wrong and just teams in general handled this wrong is if a guy didn't want to wear the jersey, don't let him talk. Like, that's the thing, because my thing is the NHL labeled um, the players not wearing the jerseys as a distraction. And like, while that has merit to it, I think part of it had to do with the social media teams and the media with the teams just highlighting why he didn't wear it all night. Like the players gave out one statement and all they did was he didn't wear this jersey for this reason or this reason or this reason. Like, to me, it's just. Don't be like super loud about it. Don't make it like a, this big thing. Like don't wear the Jersey, just politely decline. I don't think any of them were nasty about declining to wear no, them. But the thing is you just, just don't 
really say anything about it and let the cause like let the theme of the night play out and you can answer questions about it after the game instead of like everyone focusing on he didn't wear it for religious reasons he didn't wear it because he doesn't agree with it he like it's one of those things that they could handle a lot better than they did and i think that was the like large majority of the problem and i think the biggest problem at least to me with how all this is is that it's all done because at least I think a lot of it's done through media pressure. Yeah. From one way from either side of the spectrum here, because I think the reason it got blown so out of proportion is because you see, you would see like two or three different stories. You'd see every freaking news story like literally even stories places like Forbes are talking about it. Why are you guys yeah. talking about it? You don't what? Yeah. Like and that's my problem. That's why I made the argument that I think mm-hmm. it, I think that stays 10 years ago if that if they did that if they were running that back then because that whole like social media pressure is like a whole different topic back yeah. then versus now. Yeah. People are so almost borderline stupid obsessed yeah. over you know, highlighting the negatives, you know, and I think why? Because for anybody who's ever looked at news, negative sells. Yeah. No one cares about the positives. They're not going to, most people don't care about the positives. Most people aren't going to look at the fact that, oh, they raised, you know, 785,000 or 1.2 million for charities of, you know, for LGBTQ and for Black History, for mental awareness, for cancer, for military. They don't care. Yeah, they'll see one or two people doing something that's different than everybody else, and they'll target them. They'll berate them, and this this goes both sides of the spectrum. Oh yeah, and like I'm not like have I said my opinion on why the players decline the jersey? Like, do I do I agree with them? No. However, like with this whole thing. I think the best way to combat this, whether it's bigotry, whether it's ignorance, whether it's hatred, like you don't know the reason behind it. They all kind of hid behind the similar statement. They kind of chose a template and went with it, but you don't really know the true reason behind it. To me, like the best way to combat like the ignorance or bigotry is just keeping on, like whether they're on board or not, just keep on doing what you're doing. Like, it's one of those things. Like, the the thing with me is the point of the Pride Nights and the Unity Nights existing in general is because there's been an environment in the past, and I've been in hockey locker rooms where there's been an environment where people in the LGBT community or even the Black community that don't feel like they belong. And that's, like, the biggest problem. And if you're a kid who hasn't come out to their parents yet or a kid who is only seeing white players like on tv in the nhl it's pretty discouraging and that's like one of these things where like i don't really know how to solve it i don't know how to go about it to me solving this issue is just keep doing what you're doing no matter what if people aren't on board with it that's their right like i'm not saying that it's not their right um just to me, I think these teams could have done a much better job focusing on the point behind the night 
rather than the one or two players that didn't wear the jersey. Yeah, it's at the fall of the teams. It's at the fall of the yeah. league. It's on the fall of the media, but media the, for sure. The media is never gonna. That's my issue yeah. here. I've I've talked about it with people in news and stuff like that, and you know I've stated that in the negative cells because we all see we all see things that make us you know angry. You know how how many people clicked on the James Reimer story? How many people clicked on the Ivan Provorov story? And yeah. then you know got mad and then took the Twitter, or took the Facebook or wherever, wherever, yeah. and just got mad about you know not wearing yeah. the jersey. But then oh, the rest of the players wear the jersey, yeah. you know. And I I see it in like I I see it in baseball. You know, so many teams blasted the the Texas Rangers. They've never had a Pride Night. Okay, that's their choice. You know, yeah. So many people blast the Dodgers for having uh the oh my god i'm trying to remember the group the sisters of perpetual indulgence i think that's their name yeah at their game that's their choice you don't yeah. have to go to that game you don't have to go to that game you can go to that game you don't have to yeah like it's your right to support what you want to but like i think we're a lot of the i think a lot of where it gets lost is that at the end of the day these jerseys were meant for visibility and for charity yeah like the most, to me, I am the most disappointed in th- in so many of the nights. Like especially for the hockey fights, cancer one. I went to one. I went to that night. Gutting. Yeah, it's gutting. That one. I remember this so well. I don't know if you went to the game, the hockey hockey fights cancer night. I was. That was the Penguins and Leafs game. Was that the Leafs one? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. You could test to this. Everybody got that purple or the purple was it purple or the purple LED purple. the purple LED that you stick on your phone and you wave it up and the entire stadium at PPG was purple. Yeah. And it was one same of the most with, beautiful things I saw that night. Same with Pride Night. Everyone got a different color sticker to hold their flashlight up too. I was at that game too. I didn't go to that one. I think I had yeah. I just I had a class or I think I had class or something. Yeah. But I like I remember that night and I and I'm sure that other night was great. And like you know, moments like that are like, yeah. at least in my mind, what it means to be American because it doesn't matter what you are, who you are. Yeah. You know, we get all like, it's just one of these things where I'm a firm believer of two things. We can coexist together despite how different we are and agree to disagree. That's something. Yeah. So many people lose nowadays. And it just, it yeah. bugs me so bad because. Everyone's like, if you're not doing it this way, then you're you're this that you're this, you know, you're homophobic or you're or you just support or you uh or what or you're the you're this or like stuff like that. But like, yeah, if you do it, then you're just gonna get attacked on the other side. It's like what? Yeah, it's just like the it's amount sorry, of personal stuff. Right over. Yeah, because like the sorry. amount of stuff I saw with players not wearing the jersey, it was. One side berating the player for many reasons, and then it was the other side going, oh, he doesn't stand up for this. I'm going to buy his jersey. And the reason why they're buying his jersey is because he didn't wear something that they were so vehemently against. Like, it goes on both sides. And I'm like, guys, you're getting so lost in what this night was supposed to be. Yeah. Like, it's just a shame. Like it's just a day, shame. 
it's not I I don't really blame the players. I blame two things here. Well, actually, I blame three. I blame the I blame the NHL and the like the organizations for how it got handled. I blame the media for blowing it out of proportion the same way they do with a lot of things. And lastly, and truthfully, I blame the fans. I do a little bit. Yeah, I do a little bit. Like because the way I blame it's handled, a little bit of everyone. Yeah, even the players a little bit. I think I don't really blame the players because that's because here's my reasoning, and this and you, we're gonna have a probably different yeah. opinions on this. Yeah, the players have to go and answer to the locker oh, room, yeah. and I've I've talked and worked in locker rooms with certain people. They're going to just keep asking you that question, keep bombarding you with it. It might even be days after the event yeah. until you give a response. It doesn't matter if it's social media. It doesn't matter if you do team press, team press conference. It doesn't matter if it's right after the game. Yes. You will keep getting annoyed with something until they answer. And that's where journalism took a giant step back yeah. in my mind. Because this didn't happen three or four years ago. This is something oh, yeah, that's happened absolutely. the last year or two. And it's a reason why I it's a huge reason why I think, you know, Gary Bettman made the decision he did, which yeah. I understand, but it's a big mistake. And that's that's where my problem comes in. And mm. it frustrates me for someone who's loved and cared about media for his whole life. Yeah. Cause like to me, on the same on the same in a similar coin, like to me, where I place a little bit of fault on the players, though, was every time one of these nights happened, especially with Pride Month. They were the front and center of it before the game even started, before warm-ups mm -hmm. were even taken. To me, it's the NHL's responsibility, the organization's responsibility to promote this night in a way it was meant to be held. And then yeah. after the game, you let the player talk to the media. Like, skip all of the bullshit before the game don't let it take any of the spotlight before the game because all the spotlight is during warmups and before the national anthem. That's where most of the celebration happens. Let the game play yeah. out, let the players play the game. Afterwards, talk to the player. That's where I think the league just completely fucked up this situation. Like that's I where I place that a little bit of fault on the players because you need to tell them stay the hell away from a microphone until after this game is over. Like to that. me, no, that's, that's where fair. the biggest fuck up was with this whole thing. That's just a shame. You said it. You said it best. Versus uh, about about the NHL. Like yeah. right now, it's the best it's ever been in terms of talent. But in terms of how things yeah. get handled, if it's not the fanatics' decision, it's it's the decision to work on ESPN. It's yeah. this. Like I Having just one don't of your longest know. standing organizations be yeah. exposed as frauds when it could have been handled 10 years ago, you know, and th like there's just all so things. many things. There's so many things. And just in general, I think they're taking multiple steps backwards. Even even if it's not their fault, because like I don't. I don't really know where to play the place, the majority of the blame with this whole thing. Because at Everybody. the end of the day, if you take a step back, at the end of the day, these charities and these groups of people are left without visibility and money that they need to exist. 
because like when I'm sitting at that pride game, I remember how happy a lot of my friends who went to that game were people like made an effort. It was their first game of hockey that they watched specifically because it was a pride night. Like there, there are going to be opportunities that are missed. Like the, there's unity nights. People are going to go to those games that otherwise would have the hockey fights, cancer night. People would weren't, aren't going to go to the games that they otherwise would have like it. Yeah. It's just a loss all around. And I think they will end up coming back around. I don't think you're going to see them for at least a decade. That would be a mistake if it was a decade. I think it's a decade. I don't think that just as a country, I don't think that in the climate we're in right now that we're ready. There's not enough, like there's a lot of acceptance for it. There's more acceptance for it than there's ever been. Just right now there's enough disagreement and there's enough disagreement and ignorance that it's not ready yet. And if it's not ready yet, then you're going to have to promote it enough to where people are going to start warming up to it and being ready. Or you're just going to have to go in full send where you don't care who doesn't wear it. You just keep doing it and raise the money for charity. Like to me, those are the two avenues. Either wait until there's more acceptance or just put your head down and go. Yeah, I don't know. I'm always a firm believer of the latter because yeah, that's just how life is. Life doesn't yeah. wait for people. No, it doesn't. Like to me, I'm I'm more for the latter that you just go that you just do it, and the players that don't want to do it, fine. The players that do want to do it, okay. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'll always say this, and you can quote this for me for the entirety of the length we ever do this show. Mm-hmm. Sports is entertainment, but at the end of the day, sports are a business. Yeah. And when you make business decisions like this, you choose who your target audience is in most places. Unless your name is like Disney, Nintendo, uh, I don't know, like uh, Verizon, you know, things like that. Yeah. Unless you're stuff like that, or like Apple, that's the other one I was trying to remember. Like, unless you're those companies, you have a target audience, and it's your decision if you want to stick to it or, you know, expand it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, people get older, that age that age changes and all that stuff. Yeah. And that market changes. So it just... Part of it's adapting with the times and part of it's also just yeah, knowing where to draw the line in the sand. Oh, yeah. I think I hope they come back. I really do. But I would find it really hard to believe if it's still if it's a decade plus. I think they're going to regret it with they're going to realize it, I think, within. Oh, yeah, because they're going to say two years. They're going to host a hockey fights, cancer or pride or unity or military appreciation night. And they're going to see that their donations go from like these 1.2 million to 785,000 like to 300, like 10 grand or like 200,000. Yeah. It's yeah. going to drop like a, it's going to drop, drop a like ton. a rock. 
It's gonna drop. And I like think a that's rock. why real. That's where the real. That's where the real problem comes in. That's where you'll yeah. notice that. That's why I'm not oppressed to believe it's ten years. It's gonna be two or three because at you the just end gotta of the put day, your head down. What what matters at the end of the day for every for every sport every business. Money, money, and if and something the NHL like doesn't that, make that much, and it, yeah. Mind you, they're the same one league who's trying to raise the salary cap after it being flat for three yeah. seasons. Yep. Three? Yeah. Because like people three can seasons. say people can say all they want about the NBA and their social initiatives. Their salary cap has raised every single year since 2016. They're doing something right. Yeah. They, the they are. Bonging. Their salary cap's going up and up yeah. and up and up. So they do something with their business, but that's different. They're doing the something. Market, they're not yeah, afraid the to. Different, and they, yeah, they handle things in a way that, yeah, I personally don't agree with. But yeah, but know, it's, it's a blueprint it's, that the NHL thing. should look at and be like, okay, what can we be doing better? They don't have you to copy just, everything, or but just the NFL or N- MLB for a degree. Yeah. they've even done a lot of stuff right. Look at the MLS. The MLS coming yeah. league. They're getting better every year. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. the best football player in the world signed to play in America. Yeah. For a season. It's just one of those things, like especially with the millennials and Gen C Z coming up for uh coming up, getting out in the workforce, like getting ready to make some money, they gotta make a decision on what's important and they got to make it fast i don't think yeah. they have 10 years to make it they won't like i said i'm telling you right now it will not be 10 years if it is i hope not you're freaking houdini oh uh-huh. yeah but with all that being said uh since it's our last it's our last episode of pride month like even with that conversation so i do have one final charity to highlight yes sir for this month Ironically, it is a charity that is aligned with the NHL that partnered with the NHL to make the Hockey is for Everyone initiative, which hopefully that still exists. And also Pride Tape, which players on my adult league team use every game. I myself use it on the top of my stick. So... Oh, you meant the actual... Okay. Yeah. It's the actual hockey is for everyone. It's the you can play movement. So their partners are uh, Team USA, Team Canada, NASCAR, the CFL, National Women's Hockey League, NFL, NHL, MLS. Um, I also think the NBA is on there as well. Um, It's a very it's very good initiative. So their mission is to ensure safety and inclusion for all who participate in sports, including LGBTQ plus athletes, coaches, and fans. Um, they achieve this by creating a community of allies that is able to foster a true sense of belonging. So really what they're all about is um, visibility in sports, uh, creating a good environment to ensure that even young kids growing up in the community that they belong um, very good initiative, especially in sport, because I still think there's a long way to go. Um, if you guys want to support this charity, which I highly recommend, there will be a link in the description of the YouTube video and where you wherever you find your podcast. Feel free to check them out. We'll also give them a shout out on Twitter as well. So it's one of those things where 
there still is good in sports. Um, it's just going to take a while to get back. Well, the jerseys at least to get it back. There's always going to be, listen, if nothing else, you and me always going to have that positive mindset that. Oh yeah. Stuff like that happen. I like stuff like that will always, the right decision will be made in the end. And in the end, with all of this, the important thing to note is like, while things like seem bleak right now, just remember, especially in the NHL, there were a lot more players that were supportive than were not. That's an encouraging thing. And I think it's happening throughout throughout society in general. Like there are a lot more people that are accepting than not. And I think it's an encouraging thing. So I'm going to agree with you that it's not going to take, it's not going to take 10 years. I think we're, we're going to find a point where it's a, it's going to be something that happens. So anyways, that concludes our first episode of season two with a lot of NHL news, uh, some good, some not so great, but, uh, Tomorrow is the NHL draft. Um, I highly encourage you guys to tune in. Only to round one. Don't watch rounds two through seven. Those aren't I'm worth gonna it. Watch the, I'm probably going to watch the first three because I'm curious. Yeah. Round one is tomorrow. Two through seven is uh, Thursday. Yeah. Oh, then never mind because I'm doubling on Thursday. <laughs> Shit. All uh, right. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back next week with another edition. Take care. Have a good week. See you guys later. Peace.